day and night. licensed cosmetologist and registered super nerd and this is another comics and cosmetics interview today we are lucky to have with us mr mark austin Hello. Also, one of the one of our boba fets and you're a vfx artist right yes yeah a vfx oh, artist animator filmmaker all of the above yay I, I love Renaissance people. I love a little bit of everything. I love it. So, yeah, I came across you on Twitter when you were talking about, you know, you were Boba Fett in the special edition version of New Hope. Um, yeah. One of our first controversial Star Wars movies. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we kind of just briefly about how it, that happens a lot. There's a lot of uncredited people that work on films and stuff. And that's always bothered me like, a whole lot. Just really bothered yeah. me because there, it, it takes so much work. So many people to put these things together that we, we just, we love so much. So I guess to start, um, Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, like a little bit about, you know, how you got into this and why you, why you love it. Um, well, I always wanted to be an illustrator when I was a kid. I always thought I was going to be a children's book illustrator. And when I came to college, uh, they offered a general art course just to make sure that illustration was the thing. Have all the things, all the subjects that you want to do. So you had to do ceramics. You had to do printmaking. And in doing all those things, you find out, yes, you know, illustration is my bag, you know. And um, it got to the end of the course, and I was just about to get my diploma, and my lecturer said, you know, was there anything we didn't touch on? And I said, I've always loved animation. She was like, oh, mm -hmm. she rolled her eyes. You know, we don't offer animation. Um, you want to be an animator? I said, well, I would love to try it because, you know, I – I, I did the uh, the doodles on the corner of my school books. You know, when you flick the corner yeah. of your paper and the pin man walks across. Did that for years and years. So I thought, well, you know, I could probably do animation. And uh, 
So she uh, she said, you know, we don't offer that. You, your best bet is to do some storyboards, and if you want to be an animator, apply to a, a de degree course. And so that's how I got into animation. Mm -hmm. And I was an animator working on commercials for five years in the UK. So if was, if this was a UK podcast, then I could reel off all the commercials I worked on. But um, at the end of the five years, the company that had been going for 35 years they, those the guys retired and they closed up the company. I was I was without a job, so I was like, oh no. The uh, assistant editor went to a, a Jurassic Park lecture by ILM and came back telling me that the uh, the guys were looking for animators uh, to train up in computer. <laughs> so you know, so that that's how I end up in the movie. I, I, I signed up for one movie, uh, Casper. I got my Casper. Oh, I was a 12-year-old girl when that movie came out. I'm very familiar uh, because Devin Sawa in it was in it, and he was adorable. <laughs> I love it. Oh <laughs> my got Leia and Rick. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got Rick and Leia on there. Uh, that, I thought that was going to be my only movie. It was an 18-month contract. Mm -hmm. And so I did my 18 months, and I went to HR, and I thought I was going to get all the details for my flight home, you know, go home. This was in um, summer of 1995. Mm -hmm. And they said, um, oh, we got you down as a full-time employee. You're working on a new Hope Special Edition. So I was like, I am. And that that's where my life kind of derailed and went into movies, like, permanently. Did your and mind kind of explode when they said oh no you're working on star wars yeah. well my mother was expecting me to come home <laughs> my mother was so disappointed she'd been missing me for 18 months and they all was saying i was going to stay for at least another six months mm -hmm. um it was during casper that they shot the boba fett blue screen that was way before i did any animation on that movie mm -hmm. um and originally they only had two animators uh wanted for new hope special edition so i figured i'm never gonna make that because i'm the new guy i've only worked on one movie yeah i've only done maybe 15 20 shots yeah in my, in my whole life with a computer they're yeah. not going to pick me to do all the computer animation for star wars you know i've only done 15 shots no way <laughs> And then they said they only wanted one because uh, John Knoll was going to take all of the spaceship shots. He wanted mm -hmm. all the spaceship shots just to make it easier. He was in London working on Mission Impossible and doing spaceship shots and sending them to ILM in San Francisco. And so um, when they cast me as the uh, the animator for that show, it just blew my mind. And uh, I didn't ever expect this to be my uh, career at all, at all. I uh, I can relate in a small way. I went into cosmetology as kind of a like a dare or a joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My ex brother in law was like, "Oh, that's like the girliest profession you could come up with," and you are not a girly girl. I don't see that happening. It was like, "Oh yeah, watch this," and then I realized, "Oh, I'm really good at this, and I like it. Maybe I'll do you know theatrical makeup, which I didn't, uh, but." It, it's just funny how those things kind of happen. Like you, sometimes you can just fall into the thing that you're totally meant for. And 
look at the cool stuff you've gotten to work on since oh, then. Yeah. Some yeah. of the greatest things in nerddom, uh, yeah. Avengers, Oblivion, Thor, Dark World, <laughs> X-Men. Yeah. That's so cool. And you got to be Boba Fett. I mean, <laughs> you got to be Boba Fett. I'm That's blessed. So what can cool. I say? I'm blessed. So totally were blessed. you, were you, would you consider yourself like kind of a nerd, like into this sci-fi stuff and superheroes before oh, you yeah. got into it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Super nerd. I wanted to be Boba Fett when I was 13 years old. I, I, I grew up, I grew up loving uh, Clint Eastwood. He was mm -hmm. my role model as a kid. Mm -hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly, fistful of dollars. That was my role model growing up. And then, you know, when I was 11, Star Wars came out and it just blew my mind. You know, I was already a sci-fi geek, like you said. So mm -hmm. when Star Wars came along, it fulfilled everything I was hungering for, plus more. And uh, and when they introduced that mail-away action figure for the second movie, you know, there's a, a preview of a character from the second movie and they showed this bio. And for us in England, we had Palatoy. It was Palatoy. You know, here is Kenner. But when I read the bio, it just looked like, oh, this is Clint Eastwood in Star Wars. This mm. is this is my two favorite things put together. So at 13 years old, I wanted to be Boba Fett. I had to wait 15 more years to become Boba Fett. But at 13 was when I decided that's that's who I want to be. And really, because I was a my my desk and you know everything I geeked about. Mm -hmm. Told everyone at ILM that I was a you know, huge Boba Fett nerd. All yeah. my desk was a shrine to Boba Fett, and so you know they, they kind of let me play the role because they knew I was you know this massive Boba Fett fan. So um, yeah, so it's cool. weird, weird, blessed. Like I said, <laughs> I I would have I would have pissed my pants if they said here put yeah. this book on. I think I might have done. Might have done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wear this jetpack, and you're gonna be Boba Fett for a second. Like, yeah, yeah. okay, no big deal, right? Nah, so, nah. if you're a big, you know, Clint Eastwood Western guy, would are you a fan of Cad Bane as well? Yeah, oh, yeah, and I, I even though even though the book of Boba Fett wasn't what I was hoping for, it did fulfill oh, that. I've never heard that take before. <laughs> It did fulfill that uh, spaghetti western meets Star Wars itch that I've yeah. had since, like I said, age 13. So, um, yeah, Book of Boba Fett. I, I, I was hoping the Book of Boba Fett would be a collection of all the stories that contributed to his mythos. Sorry, Eddie, yell at my family. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm so Are sorry. they making lunch as well as mine? <laughs> Can you hear mine I, in the back? You're making I love. think so. He's, he keeps slamming doors and stuff in there. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Okay. I think they're done. Okay. No, so that was mine. <laughs> um, okay. So let's let's go back. So yeah. Cad Bane was a little bit of, you know, not what a lot of people expected to have, but it did have that kind of that Western standoff vibe. Um, a lot of people complain, and to me, this feels silly, but they complained he wasn't blue enough. Like, oh, he's too gray. He's not blue enough. Really? Is that the one thing we're going to complain about? 
not blue enough. You mean Cad Bane? Yeah. His, his oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was, I mean, he did look more, you know, haggard and, you know, shrunk, shrunken faced in the. You get uh, older, animated. you lose. He kind of fleshed out a bit. And, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you got, you, there has to be some kind of, you, you can't expect the cartoon character to suddenly appear in a live action there has to be some crossover you know right a bit so i i don't mind the slight variations when they don't either translate from animated because animated stylized we're in live action now so there is going to be a crossover some of the changes they make are a bit drastic um for, you know some of the choices of character when they take them from animated to live action but mm -hmm. um i didn't mind him too much and uh i think the the finale kind of delivered enough for me that it kind of made me forgive a lot of the gripes I'd had about the first uh, three episodes of the series. Um, you know, I, it wasn't it didn't it didn't scratch everyone's itch that that book of Boba Fett. I think because because it's called the book of Boba Fett. I think that's what threw me. The book of yeah. the book of kind of implies a collection of stories. I kind of felt like it should have just been titled Tribes of Tatooine. Instead of just calling it that episode, that should have been the whole show because, yeah. let's face it, there were two whole episodes that didn't even have Boba Fett in it. I know. It, was, it was kind of all over the place. And I have um, a couple of friends that worked on that show, and they were like, you can blame Robert Rodriguez for that one. Like He just oh. he really wanted the the back and forth with the uh, flashbacks. And then one of my friends said, and you know, Robert can't have a movie without his robot kids. So there had to be the robo kids. <laughs> mm. You see, we, we were already doing a kind of, we're taking what we, we're watching and we're kind of relating it back, kind of you know, back to the original movies. Okay. Mm -hmm. The Sarlacc and where this comes yeah. with that. We're relating it back to earlier episodes of the mandalorian series we're mm -hmm. already jumping timelines in our minds to begin with so yeah. i think he made a huge mistake jumping timelines on top of jumping timelines you know and it was like too much to oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I completely agree with you um the majority of the fan base agrees with you and so does the majority of the production crew okay. <laughs> that okay. they're like yeah we didn't think that was a great idea but robert just kind of sits around playing his guitar and says you guys ready yet? Oh no! Okay, goes back to playing his guitar. I'm like, you might want to get up, tell tell people, <laughs> you know, maybe direct and do some stuff. Um, um. But speaking of, I really want to talk to you about the VFX stuff too, because that's yeah. kind of yeah. a hot subject right now. Um, first of all, you are no stranger. Like your first real VFX job was the special edition movies, and then. To have so many people like George, why did you do that? Why did you change things? Like we, you know, now we we can't watch the original anywhere unless I have to tell you, my mom had the original trilogy on the original original, the first ones you could ever get on VHS. Yeah, I she too. got rid of them. I just found oh. out this year. My heart went down to my gut. I was like, "You dead what?" But now you, we can't even watch that anymore. Um, what was that, that had to be very difficult for that to be your first 
real job as this animator on a major motion picture, Star Wars, no less. And so many people were like, but we didn't think it was necessary. Like, what yeah. did it do to you? Okay, there's a couple of things here. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the main reason that George did it wasn't mm -hmm. to piss everyone off. Mm -hmm. I think George made a mistake in kind of pretending he never made the originals. I think that was his biggest mistake. Yeah. He should have had two copies. He would have sold twice as many discs. I agree. That's one thing. But the reason he did it is because he had the intention of making three new movies. And you know how the industry evolves? You know, 10 years in VFX. Sorry? He wanted them to match better. Like, if you, yeah. okay, you watch, if you binge watch them, mm -hmm. and, and if you binge watch Book of Boba Fett, it's much better, by the way. <laughs> that You don't depart from him for two episodes. It just, you just go back and go back. It's, it's much easier. <laughs> anyway, he wanted to have, you know, episode one. Mm -hmm. These brand new two year two thousand effects. Mm -hmm. uh, episode two, even better effects. Episode three, even bigger. And then nineteen seventy seven optical effects. Star Wars. He was worried about that drop, and so he only ever intended at the beginning when I was there. Mm -hmm. He only ever intended making a New Hope. If if I had known I was going to make Empire and Jedi special edition, I probably would have stayed at ILM mm -hmm. and probably wouldn't have left for Disney at all. But um, that was the reason that he made them. And if you do watch New Hope back-to-back you know, -back with Revenge of the Sith, it is glaring. The, the, mm -hmm. Like, if you watch the original following yeah. it, there's a, there is, that was his worry. He wanted them to play through. And so I understand why he did it. I don't understand yeah, that. I don't agree with all of his changes. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know about anything that wasn't a creature shot. I didn't know anything about. So yeah. I didn't know what John Noel was working on, apart from seeing his shots in dailies every now and again. I didn't know anything about um, uh, Ben's house having a new map painting or the canyon being redone. I didn't know anything about the Greedo incident. Oh, yeah. I thought, I thought that was a vicious rumor, and I wish it had been. Um, so I I have mixed, mixed feelings because on the one side, I understand – fully where the fans are coming from. On the other mm -hmm. side, I see where George is coming from, his worry, yeah. and it's valid. Yeah. He just carried it too far, a little bit too yeah. far. And there I, some sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. We get a little bit of a lag on this thing, and so sometimes we tend to stumble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was gonna say was that um, I, I have a book I published like a, a bajillion years ago, and I've been kind of in this process, like storyboarding. I am not an illustrator. Let me say that very firmly. I am not an illustrator. Um, but I've tried storyboard process of storyboarding and, you know, getting some character Bibles going. And, um, you know, I'm going through it. And I wrote this book when I was like 24 years old. It's a long time ago. Just trust me. <laughs> and... Um, I, there's a couple of things like, oh man, I think it would be better if I'd actually, it would look better, you know, if I did this. So in a sense, like I can see where if you're getting the opportunity to bring your creation to a, a new medium or, a, you know, a different medium, you have this opportunity to, to do what you feel like is an improvement to your creation. It's yours. <laughs> like, why not do it? Um yeah. But at the same time, 
uh, I don't think we we all got that that good explanation. Like, why are you doing this? Like, we, yeah. we really want to hear why you're doing this. Uh, my my ex at the t- you know he's my ex from when those movies came out, the prequels. He hated the prequels. He said it doesn't look very Star Wars. And I said, well, maybe. Maybe the first ones don't look very Star Wars because he didn't exactly have the technology to do what he saw in his head at the time. And now he does. And he's told me that was a stupid reason. (laughs) Like, well, apparently I was right. (laughs) Yep, you were right. He really did. I'll give you an example. And this is a good example. And this is an example that I I was given when I, I was on the show. They showed me the, 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 there's a shot of the wire wings in the Death Star Trench exploding. And if you watch the original, the explosion, the flames are pink. Because mm. when they pulled the blue screen, when they pulled all the blue out of the plates, it affected the color of the flames, made them go from yellow to pink. And so he wanted to make them yellow again, things like that. So there were valid reasons in there. He just had... He got, kind of got a little bit carried away a bit. I oh, guess yeah. he wanted to. I guess he was thinking. This is my guess, purely a guess. My guess is that he was thinking if he's going to release a special edition, he might as well make it special and do not the thing, just the things that he picked on the for gripes, but also mm-hmm. the things he felt would kind of flesh out. He wanted Mosaicy to feel more like a spaceport and not right. just a, a town in Tunisia, you know, <laughs> and so. There was lots of things. He, he, he was always very uh, conscious of that. The original didn't have many. If you watch the Moz Icy Spaceport, you'll never find them. Origin High, blah, blah. And you watch it, and there's like dots. They could be spaceships. But <laughs> you, you can't really see the spaceport. You can't see it very well. You can't see any. There's nothing on there apart from where is it? <laughs> you know, so shots like that. I understand if there's one person that has the right to say, I want to redo this is George. I'm yeah. sorry. And if George approached your ex-boyfriend and said, look, this is why I want to do it. I'm sure your ex would have caved. No, you have My to. Ex- it's his. <laughs> George, George, George has the, is the only person on the planet that can say, you know what? I want to change this. I, I was never happy with this. I'm going to change it. And that's, that's my take on it. So, like I said, I think it's a mistake that he pretended or disowned the original. Right. I think that was a huge, huge mistake on his part. Right. But and, I think they got a lot of backlash for the special editions because of that reason. You know, I think that was one of the main reasons because no one, yeah, it, it was yeah, forced he, upon everyone. The only thing that I'm like really sad about is at the very end of Return of the Return of the Jedi, when they're in the Ewok village celebrating, they've changed the music. Yeah. And I want the original Ewok music back. Yeah. The big Ewok yeah. thing. And I mean, I I can hear it in my head, but then I also hear the special edition version. Like that music was lame compared to the original Ewok music. I'm sorry, the original Ewok music was all happy and energetic and yep, celebratory. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then the next one was just all kind of. No, no, yeah. it's not a sound that an Ewok would make. Look at the size of their fingers. Okay. Yeah. They I think I think I think one of the reasons for that though is that he wanted to make it not just their celebration on this forest moon, 
but a galactic celebration in the fall of the empire. So he added all those other scenes of other planets celebrating, and he wanted a theme that would kind of go over the whole lot. That wasn't just Ewoks. It went over, you know, mm -hmm. people on Coruscant, people on, uh, you know. Uh, I just really things. feel like Yubnub says enough for everybody. So I love Yubnub. <laughs> I've got a my little my dog looks like an Ewok. And so I call him the Ewok baby or the, the walkling. And I've got little Ewok koozies and my friends will make fun of me, my star Wars friends. And they, they call them murder meth bears. <laughs> Leave them alone. Um, my, my dog's name is Wookie. Cause he's huge. He's a tiny little Shih Tzu. His name is Tiny. <laughs> and he, he looks like Wicket. A friend of mine um, photoshopped Tiny's face onto Wicket and you can barely tell yeah. the difference. Yeah. It, it looks just like him. So yeah. it makes sense. I'm going to fit. I'm working on my Ahsoka cosplay that uh, the artist, the special effects artist that brought her to life on Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, the friend of mine, and he's been kind of walking me through, you know, the process and how to do it. Okay. And I told him once I finish and I record and take pictures, I'm dressing my dog up in his baby Yoda costume <laughs> and in his Ewok costume. We're going to take pictures. Nice. It's going to be cool. Nice. They're going to be classics. But, oh, I hope so. I hope so. I've been working for months on this. I got a lot of sewing to do next though. So that's where my mom skills will come in. Yep. <laughs> but on to um, the, VA, the VFS uh, toy boat. Words too hard. VFX. Okay. So on to some VFX. Um, I mean, that that was a pretty big deep end of the pool to throw you in. Mm -hmm. You know, your first one, Star yeah. Wars, but better, George tells you. And now we live in this time where a lot of the people that are going to see these types of movies are younger. They may not remember things like young Sherlock Holmes or Spawn in 1997. So maybe they don't realize how far we've come in the no. last few decades. And they complain a lot. And it, it really surprises me. Oh, that looks terrible. That's just awful. And like, yeah. listen, it could be worse, man. Let me show you what Mephistopheles looked like in Spawn. <laughs> it was it was not great. But we liked it. We loved it. We were damn proud to have it. Um, but lately, Marvel especially has really come under a lot of scrutiny for their VFX situation. There's a lot of stuff going around about the, the artists not being paid appropriately, giving too short of deadlines, overworked. Hmm. Everybody knows everyone's overworked and underpaid, but it, it just really cracking the whip. And, and now Victoria Alonso has been let go the head of that oh, department she yeah she's oh. been let go there are a lot of conflicting things about that one camp is saying that she was a toxic boss to work for uh she picked favorites and it was her giving them the uh unrealistic the unrealistic uh you know times and uh and then they're saying that, oh, no, it's because she did Argentina and uh, she wasn't supposed to do Argentina 85. She was under contract for these people. It's just a mess. But Marvel, as well as letting, you know, 
Tori Alonzo go, um, they've also been pushing back a lot of projects and they're citing VFX, VFX, VFX. What is, what is your take on that? Like, have you, have you experienced a lot of this? Uh, okay. You are under this really tight deadline and I'm not paying you any more money. Like how, how do you keep going? Like, okay, I'm still going to make this look amazing. Like how? Yeah, it is tough. It's tough. I, I use the term unreasonable. I get, it's unreasonable requests, unreasonable requests, either in what they're asking you to achieve or the amount of time that time they're asking you to achieve it in. Mm -hmm. And um, and sometimes it's going above your what you're required to do. Like on some shows, I was even asked not just to do work out what the shots were, but how to do them practically and make them cheaper than doing them with visual effects. Like, could you work out a practical solution for this? section you know because so it's going to be expensive. A effects guy <laughs> so I, i'll give you an example goosebumps i worked on goosebumps the first goosebumps and then i guess they pulled me onto goosebumps too because i worked on the first one but the second goosebumps movie is where i got to i was asked to do a lot of this extra work you know mm -hmm. so i was trying to work out whether we could do a kind of reverse film to kind of get something to work or inflatable kind of uh, latex masks for some parts of it Mm -hmm. And uh, working out exactly the 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 big the smallest green screen they could use to get all these shots, and at the end of all this torture, you don't even get a credit, uncredited on Goosebumps too. And it's like it's always the most painful ones, mm -hmm. or the most unreasonable request ones are the ones you don't get credited on. I found most of the time. I think the biggest culprits for me, and this is just coming from me personally, that I found mm -hmm. the worst offenders for me have been Disney or Marvel and Sony. Those two um, are the ones Those, that I've missed the most credit on. Yeah. Those are the ones you hear the most about, you know, the, yeah. the most. About. And then, like, I, I think the biggest offender in the last, in recent memory, has been the She-Hulk series. Uh, when the first teasers and trailers came out there was a lot of guff going on online like what this look this does not look good and it's because it wasn't finished they were sending out these teasers and trailers with unfinished work in them like how, you as an artist how, how does that how, emotionally you know how, how do you respond to that like god why are you doing this to us you know why are you making us yeah. look like this or i get it some you gotta put something out there yeah, it's hard to imagine when you know that it's going to generate millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, that a lot of the time my job is to make the most expensive sequences work, design mm -hmm. the most expensive sequences so that we can save money in calling people onto set for each shot, showing people mm -hmm. exactly what to do, making camera mm -hmm. choices, editing choices. Um, it, you, you do all of that. And you're kind of helping them. You're kind of providing for them box office success. And so when they when they're cutting dollars, or they're oh we want you know twice as much from you a day, you know, but the same quality. It's like uh, you you kind of want scratch your head because you're thinking why why um, are they why are they unable to afford to do it the right way. 
I, I work for Netflix now. Netflix will will Netflix want to make it the best they can make it. They're not they're not thinking about dollars. They, they, sure, they're considering dollars. Dollars has to be a factor, obviously, but it's not the most prominent factor. So they want to make it the best they can make it. It seemed like uh, when I worked on most of the VFX movies I've worked on, they wanted the best they could get, but they wanted it mm -hmm. yesterday. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, it, and they're always, you know, they're always. I don't know. I, I I hate getting into politics. I hate getting into a political rant. Oh, I I completely but, understand, but I and I know exactly where you're going with it. So don't but, worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you are not just, alone. You are not alone. I just feel like that what, what I'm doing is uh, creatively making huge choices for this movie. But because we're working on them before production starts, because mm -hmm. I work on previous, so we're planning the production shoot. Because it's pre-production, it's mm -hmm. rarely considered, you know, they don't go back to who worked on, worked on this show before we started shooting to work out all their credit list. When really, you know, on, on Avengers, um, Avengers I got kind of, I was promised a supervising uh, credit. Mm -hmm. I was co-supervising with my uh, boss who owned the company that I was working for. And so when they offered one credit, then obviously he's gonna get the credit. You know? If he's my boss, you know, I'm not gonna get a credit. And that that was a that was a tough blow because that was like 10 months of pouring my heart into this first Marvel uh, Avengers movie, trying to make it successful film. And it, and it blew box office records. Oh yeah, yeah. And and but their reason was, you know, they can't afford to give me that that two two people have their credit, you know. And it's like why? It's like it's one line, you just type it, it's so simple. <laughs> It's My so name's still there. It just would be next to his name. Uh, they didn't yeah, want to it, supervisors. You're not even wasting space. You don't even have to hit the space bar to make room. It's really simple. It's it I is soul destroying. <laughs> it's soul destroying a bit. When yeah. when you work on something really hard and you go to see it, uh, I worked on the Predator uh, in 2018. And so we, I got invited to the premiere. So me, I'm thinking, if I got invited to the premiere, I can't mm -hmm. wait to see my credit. Yeah. And me and my wife sat through the premiere, sat through mm -hmm. the credits. It wasn't on the credits. Oh, it just it wasn't on the credits. irks me for you. It really does. It makes me so mad. Um, I've been talking with Dave Blass, who is the production designer on Picard season three huh? right now. And he has this pinned tweet on the top of his, you know, it's the top of his Twitter box. <laughs> and it's like every single name that worked on it. And he said it takes not just a village, but like a society to put this stuff together. And these people deserve recognition. And I just said, oh, uh. Man after my own heart. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Acknowledging that. That's just, yeah. it's, it's so rarely seen. It, it just, it really does bother me because you've got all these people that are so proud of the work that they've put into it. And if, you know, average Joe Schmo doesn't see that name in the credits on the screen, they're not going to believe you. 
You're not going to believe that you did this thing. Like, oh, okay, why isn't your name up there? Yeah. Because they I was never credited as Boba Fett, so because they didn't have a speaking role. But but you have to realize that VFX doesn't have a union. And movie making is a union game. Yeah, that is if you, very if you, you, can, you can watch the truck drivers get a credit because they're in a really strong union. Yeah. VFX, I really wish VFX would unionize. I I am pro-union. I, I wish I was. When I worked for Disney and I was in the cartoonist union, which I am again now with Netflix, you you know you're going to get a credit. You know mm -hmm. that you're guaranteed recognition for your work. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I left finals animation, left Disney in 2009, went into previs, back into VFX again, um, that was when I went back into that, are you going to get credit or not, you know, the gamble. Yeah. Because it's, it's, we're not unionized. We, we have no strong union saying, where the hell are our credits, you know? Right, right. You need representation. truck drivers weren't on there, the truck drivers union would be like up in arms. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Truck drivers and uh, waste management. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what, what are you doing now on Netflix? Like any, anything exciting? Right now I'm between projects. They have me on what's called bridge. Uh, bridge is, yeah. bridge is keeping me around. So I don't go to another company until they find me another project. So I'm waiting to see what my next assignment is going to be, but I'm quite happy for them to wait because, you know, I catch right. up on my sleep and I get all my medical stuff done, you know, the stuff you don't have time to do. Yeah, uh, all my medical checks and uh, yeah, so I I actually have time to exercise now. So I've been like taking care of myself in this kind of window yeah. I've got. But I I am expecting a movie to come out this time next year, twenty twenty four. It's either spring or late spring to summer. Um, mm -hmm. There's a movie called Ultraman, made in Japan. And, I know uh, what Ultraman is. Isn't that uh, Ultraman's where they pretty much got Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Like Power yeah. Rangers grew from Ultraman. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 So that comes out. It's, a, it's an anime esque feature film. Comes straight to Netflix, and it's gorgeous. I, I went to last week. I was at finals dailies. They invited me to go back to sort of look at all your work finished. So I went back and it was, oh my God. It's like, I every you could stop it anywhere in that movie and it will be mm -hmm. eye candy. Like anywhere you stop it. Oh, I almost, uh, I almost ambushed Netflix's offices. Uh, I was in Burbank, mm -hmm. I was in LA uh, just a few weeks ago, like a couple weeks ago, really. And uh, when me and my friend and I were driving over to, uh, Reynolds advanced supply like he turns a corner and there's the Netflix offices and I'm like stop I want to get out I'm going to harass somebody he's like no no that's where I am yeah that's where I am well, I was right by you it yeah. rained the entire week I was there like the entire week and what's funny is before that I was in Florida for two weeks and it rained and then I came home to Missouri before I left for LA it rained go to LA, it rains. I come home, it's been raining ever since. Yeah. I have been in rainy weather for like 
two months. I don't think I'll ever go and visit the UK. I'll never go to London because I've got a good idea what it's going to be like. And I don't like it. <laughs> Actually, I took my, my family last year and uh, we took my eldest daughter's fiance. He'd never been out of the States. And he was expecting to see traditional British weather and he never uh -huh. saw it. I think it rained really? one, one day in three weeks. Wow, that's nice. I have a, a couple of friends that live in London. Uh, one, his name, he's uh, kind of, he's a Lucasfilm alum. He's a creature actor. Details, he was in uh, a boy band in the 90s called Emanate. And uh, he's a really sweet guy, really funny guy. And he's always telling us, oh, you should come visit, get your passport, come visit. Like, okay, is it going to be muggy and miserable? Because I have arthritis. I just need to know. <laughs> Are my knees and elbows going to be hurting? I don't know if I can handle it. For me, it's but my thumb. Oh. Uh, yeah, like right in here. I did yeah, hair for yeah. 20 years and hair and makeup for over 20 years. And it's just like, oh, and right here. Oh. Yeah, for me, it's like That's pencils and probably game controllers. Probably. Um, yeah. See, now it's with you know all the editing and stuff this starts to really get me right there like oh my god i've i've always been fascinated with the computer animation because it baffles me it, i i just i don't think i could in any way have the patience the time the energy the stamina to really develop it and do that um i'm a huge comic book nerd if you couldn't tell yeah. um the avengers movie was almost like a revelation for my kind it was just it was amazing but the just the work you had to put into that just for one action frame okay like the big battle of new york how long did one frame of that take you to put together one frame well yeah all um, those layers yeah, I usually when I when I work on a shot, I usually try and uh, initially set it up like that graphic novel frame. Mm -hmm. So my I work at my start frame, how I wanted to cut to when you first see that scene. It's got to kind of read very clearly. You want it to, you want it to be very you know instantly recognizable, so that your storytelling is clear, and. Uh, it always depends on the amount of characters. So Avengers was challenging because there's always multiple characters. Yeah. And when we were doing the final battle, uh, we had it in boards, and in boards it ran to almost an hour. And they were whittling it down and chopping things out, chopping mm -hmm. things out, chopping it down. But they wanted to give each character his or her moment, you know, to shine. Or work together to shine. Work, you know, work as Avengers to shine. But there's, there's so many characters and <laughs> so many pairs that can pair up that even when you whittle it down, it was still like 40 minutes long, and they kept chopping, chopping, chopping. Uh, a lot of sequences that I worked on, a lot of scenes didn't make it into the movie because of time. Mm -hmm. There's some great Black Widow sequences that got chopped. Um, of some great Iron Man sequences that got chopped, but um, it it takes you have in previous one day to do 
two shots. So you have four to five hours to not just do the first frame, but do all of those the frames for that shot. So you have to work really fast, like really fast. You have to pick your battles. You have to you have to choose what you can realistically generate in five hours. Right. I mean, there so, are times when I'm editing and my graphic design for the channel, I'll go down a rabbit hole. And then I realize it's been like six or seven hours. Yeah. You can't like, do I that. Previous. You have to always be like time conscious, like, Oh, okay. How far, how, how, how long have I got? Uh, yeah. If it's a complex scene, if it's a, a complex scene with lots of characters, they will usually open it up to be a full day or maybe a day and a bit. So mm -hmm. there were some sequences like, uh, there were some sequences that there's some shots that you work on, that you work on over and over and over and over again. Yeah. There was a shot. There was a shot that they were showing HBO specials. It's from the first Avengers movie, and it's that big orbiting camera where they go around all the characters in front of Star yeah. Tower, Hulk's in the in the in the lens, and then Black Widow doing this kind of thing, and then Ultra, uh, Iron Man coming down. And I set it up because they want to shoot this realistically, so I found out what diameter I could make the track for the camera the camera track then i set my camera up and i angled up put a wide lens on it like a 21 mil arranged my characters i did the shot in probably a half a day to a day and then joss whedon was like oh no can, I, can we actually have it hulk then black widow then hawkeye then and it kept changing the order and so every time i change the order i have to change all the animation to work with that new reveal like because you see characters in the background behind other characters yeah. the, the camera's always moving so i did that shot i think i had you have version numbers and it was up to like version 65 or something by the time i finished that shot it was a lot of iterations because of the changes and they changed it even after i finished on it they changed it you know it was slightly different in the final to what i'd done mm -hmm. but um yeah it's you get one day to do two shots. So you have to work super fast. Again, you're doing impossible and then they want more. That's the thing. Is yeah. That and then they're like, you know, this isn't good enough. You're like, what can I do? What can I do? You know what I would end up doing is like, then you do it. <laughs> I did it on one show. I've only ever done it on one show. I, I've been, I, I always prided myself on being professional. There's one show. It was actually a game. It was Horizon. There's a, a game called Horizon, mm -hmm. uh, Dawn or something. Dawn of with this girl with a, a, a bow and arrow. One of these awards. The first Horizons game. Uh, I got to a point where I was like, you know, I, I just I'm quitting. I just walked out. I had enough. It was those guys were too unrealistic. It just wasn't worth the stress, and I was getting sick. Um, it just wasn't worth it. It's not worth it when it affects your health. No, no, absolutely not. I just had to retire from hair. I owned a salon and uh, my health was really suffering. So I had yeah. to, I had to step away from it. Yeah. Let it That's go. That's why I quit Disney. Yeah. Because I was getting, I, was, I went to the, I actually went to the doctor because I had a blocked up ear, you know, wax in the ear. Mm -hmm. And they take your blood pressure and your, and so he took my blood pressure and he said, oh, can we take it on another machine? And then a third machine. 
And then he gave me this big stack of pamphlets on stroke. I want you to read these and I want to see you tomorrow. I had to see him every other day and then every week. And then it slowly got me. And I, I, I was like, ah, oh, I gotta, I gotta quit Disney. I can't, I can't take it. And you know, what drives me crazy is that, um, the, 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 fans who do complain about VFX stuff on Twitter yeah. and places, they're blaming the wrong people. They yeah. are blaming the wrong people. And yeah. I've said that so many times. Like, first of all, the these are workhorses, okay? They're given a job. They're paid to do a job. They have to do what the director and the producer and the AD is telling them. This is, this is what they have to do. They're only doing what they're told to do, okay? Nothing's going to slip by them. They're like, well, I'm going to do this just to be a dick and like not get caught. Okay. That's extremely rare. They're doing what they're told to do. And on top of it, they're not getting enough sleep. They're very stressed out, extremely anxious, trying to get this stuff done. And you're going to sit and rip and they're doing something that's very difficult. It's complex technology, complicated technology there, there aren't a lot of people in the whole world that can really pull off what you do. And you've got this little twerp on Twitter that is just yeah. ripping you apart. Yeah. You're the wrong person. And if you think it is that easy, show me. Show yeah. me. And yeah. I've said that a lot of times because <laughs> in, in, I'm, in, I'm in a creative industry myself. Uh, a luxury industry, creative industry, nonetheless. And you'll have people that will question, why are you doing it this way? The other person did it this way. You go to that person. Yeah. Why are you here? Why are yeah. you yelling at me? Do it yourself. That, yes. that will drive me nuts. It's hard to be creative under that pressure and come up with great stuff under that pressure that's why again i can't can't say good, enough good things about netflix because they nurture that um they really are they're more worried about your personal well-being than the film and that's and never shows, happened at another studio it shows um, look how they're doing compared to how major motion theatrical releases are doing yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's the difference is staggering I, Star Trek is kicking Star Wars's ass for the first time in sci-fi history. Like, I know. it's really just killing it. And I think it's because of how they they treat their their crew. They're treating them like members of this actual production, like they should, instead of, you know, when they used to farm out artists for comic books in the '30s and '40s. Yeah. You know, we're just now learning who Bill Finger is. Why? Because they treated people like crap. <laughs> they didn't treat them like actual people. Well, yeah. I like. I was gonna say I like uh, uh, Joe Rogan's. Uh, his terminology for these people online are the recreationally outraged. Oh yeah, there recreationally you go. outraged people. It's like it's like the, it's their hobby to just be mad at something or somebody pick holes in something. You know, if you post something on Twitter, someone's going to pick holes in your wordage sometimes. It's like, well, don't read my Twitters then. Somebody, I don't correct your Twitters. Why are you correcting mine? Somebody shared, uh, or I don't even remember what it was, but they left an E out of word. It was very clearly a typo. 
Like, have you yeah. ever typed really fast on your phone? Sometimes yeah. you're fast for your phone. And Twitter, I mean, if you have a verified account, you've got like 30 minutes to edit that tweet to fix your typo. If it was 31 minutes, you've missed your window. It's there forever. And somebody just ripped this guy apart. He's like, well, I guess you've never spelled impossible before. I'm like, I guess you've never had a typo before. Really, if that's the one thing, the one piece of ammunition you have, you might as well just sit down. You got nothing. It's very popular right now, especially on YouTube, to hate everything. Um, I, I will admit that a lot of the superhero Star Wars stuff that we're getting these days isn't you know, as, as good as it could be. But I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and just be like, oh, well, it's not what I wanted. So I'm just going to be mad at it. But if you look at certain channels, the channels that hate everything and rip it apart. Oh, here we go. Another stinker from Lucasfilm. They get so many more views and clicks. Yeah. Than anyone else because it is in vogue right now. Everyone's mad. But it's almost like they're too afraid to direct that rage where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're you're right about you know that I I go on these podcasts and you know there are fans that kind of blame me for some of the stuff in the, in the special editions, and it's like I wish I had that kind of hold. Yeah. I didn't get George in a headlock and say, "Look, I want." <laughs> Greedo to, you know, I I, I, I didn't do that. Thank you, you hear me? I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's, it's baffling. And, and some, but sometimes you can, you can win. Uh, sometimes you can. On, um, there was a shot in New Hope. And mm -hmm. I've got a do-back. I can, I can demonstrate it with my do-back on hand. It was storyboarded with a do-back's butt in the camera, just like that. Uh-huh. And all it was was, and Stormtrooper was either side of it, and it was walking up this dune. Uh -huh. That was a shot. And I was like, okay, so what I did is, you, what you do first of all, you do a blocking, which is sliding the character through, just to get a buy off on the speed. Because if the speed changes, you have to change the pace. So mm -hmm. I, I slid the do back through, and I did that version. And then I thought, I, put an, I did an alternate version where the do-backs facing the camera, students mm -hmm. work with this camera, facing the camera, and then I had the stormtrooper kind of pull the do-back, come, come this way, and then it turns around mm -hmm. and it cuts. Exactly. So I put that shot uh -huh. into dailies. It was in the dailies role. And the producer, Tom Kennedy, was looking through the dailies role, and he said, wait, 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 there's two versions here. I said, yeah, one's an alternate version. He goes, no, take it out. Take it out. It's disrespectful to Mr. Lucas. I'm like, why? I said it's given him a choice. He chooses the original or chooses the old. He's got A or B. How's that disrespectful? No, no, no. I want you to take it out. So I had, went upstairs. Uh, I was in, it was in this place called The Loft. Island. I went up to The Loft. I was at my desk and I was hovering my finger over the delete button. I'm like, oh, God damn it, I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it in. <laughs> so we well, went down to the the, the dailies and it, it ran. And first of all, they play it all the way through once, and then they go through and play each one and loop it. So they're playing it all the way through, and there's the dailies playing in the middle of the screen, and there's a camera pointed at us, so you can see us at the bottom of the screen under the dailies. And at the top, there's George Lucas in his San Anselmo house 
there's Rick McCallum over at the ranch in this corner. And mm. it gets to that shot. <laughs> I see the producer's face in the bottom of the screen and he went bright purple. He was so mad. <laughs> and George is like, what's this shot? <laughs> so this arm goes up at the back. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Lucas, that's an alt version. And that's the version in the movie. I know. I was, I was like, it's in there now. You can get some victories. You can, but you have to choose your battles and uh, try not to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we hear that. That happens a lot at Lucasfilm and Star Wars these days. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people they, get the, the argument is that there's a thousand people want your job. Yeah. So they almost make you feel like you're, oh, thank you for letting me do this unreasonable ask that you have mm -hmm. given me. You know, it's like I, I do love working on movies. Don't get me wrong. I love doing my job. But sometimes just the schedules they give you are pretty bordering on ridiculous. Um, well, yeah. from what uh, I hear from my unnamed sources, a lot of that is coming from a person with double initials. And uh, she is not uh, well-liked and referred to as the traitor. And oh. they really wish she would go away. <laughs> she causes issues. It seems like Hollywood has a lot of, uh, you know, of those people in all the key <laughs> places that are above yeah. you. But so. at the same time, a lot of even that, and we've seen a lot of that recently with the Shazam and Black Adam stuff, but a lot of that is made up too. You, hmm. you you really can't just buy everything wholesale. You know, you, you can't just like, oh, oh that, that's what's happening. Because a lot of that stuff is made up and put out there to create interest yeah. around this, this project. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, she's got a boss too. You know, every everyone's got a boss all the way up to the top. Yeah. So that's, and that's where that's where the finger should be pointing, but they're always pointing at, like you said, the guy that's spent, you know, weeks grueling to get something out that was requested of that artist, you know. I'm a former army wife, and uh, we used to have a saying, shit rolls downhill. Yeah. The guy at the bottom is always going to be the one catching all the shit. So... Yeah. It, yeah. It's just really unfortunate that, you know, you're putting all this work in and you're very talented at what you do. You deserve all the credit for everything you have done. And instead of giving you that credit and paying you what you deserve, it's like, oh, well, we're just going to pay you in blame. Yeah. yeah. We're going to put this yeah, little they... sign on that says scapegoat and just. <laughs> I've always, whenever I've supervised shows, though, I try and be the buffer for that because. Um, and, and that's why I usually have the same people want to work with me again because, uh, as you said, shit rolls downhill, and usually I just I try and derail it when it gets to me and protect mm -hmm. my guys. I don't want them being affected by the politics and all that bullshit. I'd rather be the punching bag, take all the punches, let them keep working, you know, and doing the, their job. And and but that has not only got me the respect of the people that, oh, that I work with, but it's also made those 
shows uh, work, you know, because if you start bullying the artists, then what what work do you expect to get from them, you know? Um, so I, I try and stop. I try and act as a uh, some kind of like a barrier with that ball of shit. Yeah, <laughs> you're the the gutters for for the shit. Uh, yeah, I'm, the, I'm a shit shit wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is lovely. (laughs) I've had a really good time talking to you. I really appreciate you taking an hour out of your day to sit with me and talk about this stuff. Oh, no, it's it's really a highlight for me. I get really excited with, with everyone. I am a huge nerd when it comes to production to behind the scenes to special effects. I, I really am. And to be able to get to talk to the reason I have some of my favorite films and shows is a huge privilege for me. So thank thank you you. very much for spending time with me today. Thank you for answering me on Twitter. So (laughs) no, thank you for inviting me and, you know, maybe we'll do a part two at another time. Oh, I would love to. I would absolutely love to. And I would love to keep in communication and keep talking about, you know, when stuff comes up, like, hey, yeah, because there's some movies that you know people can look at my IMDb and but not know what I did on that movie, and mm-hmm. I don't like taking credit for other people's work. I, I don't just want to take credit for the stuff that I had a play in designing, you know, the stuff that I helped mold. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, some of that stuff, like you said, are the, the other pieces of the movie that tend to resonate with the fans because um, they're the usually the most expensive sequences or the most action-packed sequences. And so because of that reason, they require that extra layer of planning, which I provide. So, Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Guys, if you would like to see his, his full resume, I'm going to put his website down here, his IMDb oh, information. So make sure I'll put you that know. down. I've got to redo my website. Do my you don't YouTube. Do your website? Oh, okay. My, well, my I'll... website, I get complaints because it's not, it doesn't have those kind of key Google words. And I'm always getting people asked to manage it. I, I'm just going to redo it. I'm just going to redo it. So it's on my to do this. It's just one more thing you got to deal with. Like with this channel creation crap. Yeah. Like I'm no good at the social media stuff. And like, ah, there's just so much. And I got to work on the website. <laughs> yeah. So I will, I'll have his YouTube information down here. I'll put his Twitter down here too, because he's very active on Twitter and he's got a lot of fun stuff. So definitely check him out. Thank you so much, Mark Austin, for hanging out with me today. Thank you. I look forward to talking to you again. And thank you, nerds, for hanging out with us today. Thank you, nerds. Thank you, nerds. (laughs) For the nerds, there will be no nerdy things. So please hit the like button, hit the subscribe, and ring the notification bell. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.